Masters. No one yep. can serve two masters, for you will hate one and love the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. What are you doing? <laughs> I was going to get a drink of water, man. <laughs> Cur- curb check. Curb check. Oh, wait. M- mic check. Uh, mic check. I curb. found it. I found it. Curb check's what Dad did earlier whenever we were over at that restaurant. <laughs> I knew I shouldn't have been busting on Lane about his parking skills. Hey, I, I have great parking skills. I was going to grab me a drink of water. didn't know that we are already live, but here we are. Live. Here we are again, man. Yeah. Well, hey, welcome in to the Next in Line podcast. As you can see, I'm with our normal co-host, Mr. Lane Divin, but joined by another individual here, Mr. Billy Joggins himself. <laughs> uh, oh, man. My dad, Mr. Billy Pitts. Welcome to the podcast. Well, thank y'all for having me. Yeah. Thanks for, thanks for having us. Mm-hmm. And, uh, man, if y'all don't notice, we're definitely not inside the podcast studio this time. A little bit different decor as we sit in a hotel room in Rome, Georgia. Um, Snuck up here for the 3 of 7 Project Trail Race. Mm -hmm. Pretty excited about that. I don't know if y'all want to dive into that deal. Yeah, absolutely, man. Um, I mean, we had, what, 16-hour drive over here? 16-hour drive? It was was an adventure, I think. Divin and myself jumped in the truck about eight o'clock. Yes, seven forty-five ish, somewhere around there. Yeah, and hauled butt up to Central Texas to Westphalia area, grab Mister Billy Pitts here, or well, jump in the car with him. Yeah, yeah. yep. Take we off. hit the road, hit the road, and drove through the night and rotated drivers and just kept pushing. Made great time. We did make great time. It was a good deal. I'm honestly kind of surprised because we were talking about that pulling into Central Texas. I was like, I don't know, we're going to be there probably about one thirty, two o'clock. And we still got in about, what, 12.30? I think it was 12.45. And that was with stops and everything else? That's yeah. right. No speeding. No, not at all. Nope. No, absolutely not. That's right. But here we are now on the race eve of mm-hmm. this 307 Project Trail race. A um, little update over here. Man, the... Uh, from what we hear, the course is pretty technical as it is, but then we've got some other challenges. It's been rainy up here and a little bit nasty. It's uh, expected to have some rain over the weekend, too, here. we got a couple down trees, and, uh, man. we, we got some elevation. Something, <laughs> something the Flatland Running Company isn't quite used to out there with some elevation. So what were those numbers that you were looking at earlier? I was looking and saw. There's, they keep talking about Jenkins Hill, and I checked the trail maps went incognito there investigator mode and found that we are going to be fighting like 750 foot elevation on that one climb um even on the hills i was able to get to over there really looking about 300 (laughs) at Mm. most over there Mm. in san antonio so uh it's gonna be a change of pace oh yeah over double (laughs) double that kind of thing so it man it's it's gonna be an adventure all its own oh yeah absolutely it's gonna be a good time yes sir 
Oh, it will. It's going to be fun. The climbing and the downhill is going to be challenging, but it's going to be fun. Oh, yeah. You just got to hammer the downhills. Blow them quads up. Blow them quads quads out. Gone, man. Yeah. um, Something that we're not used to. So for those of y'all that don't that aren't used to this side of racing as well, um, this is a four, six, and eight hour event out there. We're pretty stoked. Uh, it's a four mile loop that repeats itself over and over, and you just see how many loops you can get in in your selected time mm-hmm. slot. Lane and my dad here will be running four mile or four hour time windows, and I'll be running eight. Um, y'all got some goals out there? Yeah, man. I mean, you know, for me. You know, with me and my coach, you know, we're treating it like a training run. Um, supposed to be hitting around a half marathon or so out there. Um, but ideally, I'll, I'll knock out four loops. should be about 16 miles or so. So, that's on my end at least. There you go. That's pretty much what my plan is. I'm not where I want to be shape-wise or anything like that kind of stuff. But I think I'm going to shoot for hitting four loops. I'm early in my training as well. So, mm-hmm. but um, – all depends on what we find out there on the trail. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Um, what about you, man? Since you're on the eight hour, eight hour. You know, I'd like to push myself out there a little bit more. Um, I think, uh, I think if I can hold like a 12 minute mile average with the downhills and flats working to my advantage, maybe we get 10 loops in. That'd be about 40 miles. Um, that's going to be a pretty, pretty big challenge out here, mm-hmm. uh, especially with conditions and and how technical and how much elevation's on this course. But, man, we'll see. It's exciting. Either way, is what it? I'm really more stoked about is the uh, getting around an awesome group of people, some fellowship, and just having a good time out here in Georgia. Oh, yeah. Dude, it's, it's freaking beautiful out here. I was telling Kendall earlier, earlier, I was like, this is such a change of pace from South Texas brush country or where you're at, Billy. Oh, yeah. Just, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, farm fields Pasture all land, yeah. cornfields. Yeah. It's beautiful out here. It is. Yeah. Are we, we're looking for summer property out here or what? We, uh, yeah. hey, hey, when we are driving, I was actually on Zillow looking up properties. <laughs> it's a little bit, uh, I don't know the housing market. It's a little cooler up here, though, too. We're ways up north. Yeah. Rather than uh, being south Texas down by the equator. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the atmosphere, just being here uh, with other ultra runners is, is always great. But then just being here with the three or seven guys is going to be another, just a group of people that are going to be there. It's just going to be outstanding. Yeah, I would think so too. I think it's going to be a, one of those events that you go to and you go out and you compete. But regardless of the results, regardless of what happens, you just have a dang good time and be around good people and and it's it's more about what you're doing out there and helping other people reach their goals too i mean that's that's one thing i've been reflecting on i don't know about y'all but last time i was out here i was super green into this world and i was like solely focused on competition Mm -hmm. and uh, in that first three to seven project race i ran i just i kind of kept to myself and and talked to a few people here and there but it was it was killer mindset kind of thing and and i really don't want to have that approach out here this time around you know I've, I've learned a lot over this course of uh running for two and a half years and really enjoy the fellowship side and, and helping other people and i want to kind of get out here as a, as a side goal and see if there's some people i can push you know yeah no that'd be pretty dang awesome um you know and i think that's probably one of the bigger things about coming out here too just the impact that we can or the opportunity to to make that impact across the board it's just uh it's pretty apparent you know what i mean so I'd agree sure. with you. Yeah, well. Um, but 
I know you didn't want to dive into the competitive side a little bit, but I also know who you are. Um, Why do y'all say this? <laughs> did you look at uh, what the what the top uh, finishers were last year for this? Top finisher did 44 miles last year. Okay. Um, that's booking it pretty hard. Yeah. Especially with this elevation up here. I think their, their mileage was somewhere – I don't know, in the 10-minute mile and sub-10-minute mile for gotcha. even all this elevation and stops and all that good stuff. So It's pretty – it's moving. It's moving. It's moving. Um, we did the Frio Trail Run, and the elevation's not near what it is out here. And I think I held a 10-12 out there. So I don't think we're going to be in the money this go-round. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, you said it best. I We know – I get competitive out here and, and like to do that, but he's going to try to have fun, treat this as a training run, live to fight another day in training and not injure myself is my big goal. Um, been nursing a really, really bad ankle uh, sprain roll thing for about a week, uh, but it's kind of lightened up here lately. So just going to kind of back off and, and have fun, I think, and see if I can hit my goal. Yeah. Cool, man. Take care. Yeah. Man. Other than that, uh, man, as we speak – Actually, there's some awesome guys out there supporting Rocky Raccoon 50 right now. Uh, that is our partners, recovery partners over at Access Recovery. Access Got old recovery. Lane Divin showing the hat mm-hmm. off there. Remember, guys, you can uh, mention Next in Line Development sent you over there for 10% off your visit. Uh, but I think they're also running a Valentine's Day special coming up, if I saw that right. They are. It's like $80 per couple. Per Get couple, you a good date night to go over there and have a good time. Heck yeah, dude. I uh, I was looking at that earlier. I think that'd be a great idea for anybody up in that Conroe area. Yeah, maybe me and you could sneak over there. And, you know, <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> maybe. Maybe I'm joking. Um, no, but I think that'd be a good spot to go over there and, and really, I don't know, get something a little different, right? And, and something great for your health. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So It's a great experience. I've been able to do it once so far, and it's, it's a great experience. Yeah, uh, same boat as you. We still need to sneak Lane Divin over there and get him through the process. But. I know it, man. I need to get on out of that chest freezer cold yeah. plunge <laughs> and get into a state-of-the-art cold plunge over there. So. It, is, it is top-notch. What they have going on there is just it's just awesome. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And then you got the sauna on top of it uh, right now. You know, we, we don't have that down in South Texas. I think it's something that we've been kind of looking at here and there. Yeah, we've uh, we've come up with several different ideas, some of which were definitely not um, up to standard yeah. <laughs> for safety or protocol uh, things, but um, it definitely would get you warm, um, yeah. to say the least. Get you sweating a little bit. Just just a little bit. It, it would have the sauna effect, but uh, we'll keep you posted there. We might have to show you show y'all a little insight later on of our uh, rigged up old sauna down in South Texas. Uh-huh. But man, we've. Uh, We've been having some fun, doing some cool stuff, but you, Mr. Billy Jongas, you ran a race over in Tyler, Texas not too long ago, and you've been in the throes of training. You picked up a coach. Man, Where first, I guess, oh, start man. with that race, man. Oh, you're going to put me on the spot. I am. Come so, on. I mean, uh, welcome to the even, show. And even back it up a little bit, when was the last time we had you on here? It's been a while. I don't know. It's been a while. It's been a while. Like, I, <laughs> it's been a while. Wait, do I get to join in karaoke? Yeah, you this can time? dive in in karaoke lane. I just if you want to start singing "Hanging by a Moment" or I don't know, or something, 
<laughs> Wonder Wall or something, tag it on there. Go ahead. Hey, don't tell me it's a good time now. Hey, who knows, man? But well, I, how was the race? It was it was tough. Uh, it was good. It was it was something I knew I wasn't quite ready for, but I just I did it anyway. And uh, you know, had had your mom out there as my crew chief. She did an outstanding job, and uh, I was able to. Uh, I was able to better my my 50k time for sure uh, over my first one. I did. Um, it's not where I wanted to be, but it was it was challenging. It was a lot of a lot more elevation than I thought it would be. It was like around 3,700 feet for that race. It's like a 54k. Oh, nice. So it ended up being a lot more than that, and and tree roots and things like that. But uh, yeah, it it was uh, all it did really honestly was just light a fire in me to want to get back out there and start pushing myself more. I was going to ask because, you know, out of all these races that we've done, you know, you typically take something away from every single race, right? So what was that for you this, this past go around? I think you just, uh, I learned a little bit more about how hard I can push myself, where I can push myself. And then when that dark moment comes, pulling myself out through the other side and coming out on the other side and getting my energy back and all that. So I've been playing with that and, and learning how to experience that. Mm-hmm. Just convincing myself not to give up in that low spot because you know you're going to come out of it on the other side if you keep pushing. So You talked about the dark spot or the low point. What what does that look like for you in a race like that? I pushed my I pushed my heart rate and pushed too hard in the first loop and, uh, and uh, basically gassed myself. I kind of hit a wall in the second loop. And I was able to maintain okay, but just I couldn't push myself. And uh, I knew I was in more of a survival mode at that point. And so then I was just trying to make sure I was getting all my uh, electrolytes and all that stuff going on and eating. And then when the third loop came around, I, I got the second win. I felt it come back. And I was able to push myself and, and finish that second, the third loop a lot a lot better. So It'll find that lower gear again. Yeah, yeah. So, it, yeah, you just got to realize that it's not over it's still coming you know you can still if you got a long enough distance to go you can come out come out on the other side so it's all a learning process it seems like i learned something different every race you mm-hmm. know i figure out another piece of the puzzle there you go well no that makes a lot of sense i i appreciate that insight and and it sounds like the exhaustion going a little bit too hard and running that high heart rate for a while uh over that course of that distance probably Cause you to burn some more calories, get behind maybe on some some hydration things like that that maybe you didn't pay attention it, to. And it did because I blew by all the aid stations till I got back after the eleven mile loop. I didn't stop at any of them. And uh, <laughs> yeah, that'll do it. And then at the second loop when I went out, I started feeling twinges in my calves like they were going to try to cramp, and so I had to back off the hammer a little bit and, and mm. let things kind of mellow out and, until I felt like I was coming out of it. So. You think would you would have ran a different race or could have improved your time even better had you backed off from the get-go and maybe balanced out or did negative splits over time to where you got faster throughout the duration of the race or something like that? Or I think, yeah, I think I should have backed off in the front end. It was a single-track trail, and I kind of got out up in the front end of the pack, and so I felt bad about being up there and, not, and holding people up, so I was trying to push myself, and I uh, did that for too long in that loop. So... Uh, so yeah, I should have backed off a little bit and then been able to do negative splits throughout the the last two loops, especially the last loop. 
and have some energy left in the tank to go get it on that last loop is what I should have done. Looking back. Yeah. No, hindsight's twenty twenty in these things. I mean, we uh, we talk about what we're going to do tomorrow, but there's absolutely no certainty in any of the plan. One one factor goes wrong or we get caught up in a moment real quick and we <laughs> end up in a bad spot, right? That's me. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, I, I've definitely inherited that from you as well. So. But, man. What so, was your, if you don't mind, you know, so you, you did blow past the aid stations on the first loop. You know, was that part of your nu- nutrition plan? Did you carb load on the front end or? I was carb loaded pretty well. Yeah. Uh, I felt like I was carb loaded and then had uh, plenty of electrolytes in the system. And uh, I felt like I could just blow through 11 miles and not worry about it. Um, but I, sh- I shouldn't have. I, yeah, sh- I shouldn't I have. I just pushed it too hard. Yeah. Pushed, pushed the throttle a little bit too hard in the first loop. Yeah. I redlined I it too, too, too long. Yeah. Not to change subjects too hard, but man, speaking of carb loading, if we could pick up a sponsorship from Provino's or Provino's, whatever <laughs> Dude, that was, we that. just that's so good. Man, we were carb loading before this race, and we just went to this little Italian joint over here in Georgia. My wife and I went last time we were here for the three to seven project race, mm-hmm. and dude, that sucker is good. These but, little garlic knots. I was gonna say them garlic knots, and that I don't, I don't recall what that sauce is called. It's a, I call it pink sauce. She had some fancy name for it that I didn't know, yeah. but basically uh, it's like marinara and Alfredo sauce mixed together. It so was good. good. Those dipped together, man. That's a killer dangerous. combo. It is real dangerous, man. <laughs> I don't know. I probably ate a dozen of them suckers just by I, myself. I feel like we all did. I was joking with y'all. I was like, you know, start, starting to feel them heart palpitations coming mm. on. and <laughs> Yeah, blood getting a little thick. <laughs> Oh, it's man. worth it. <laughs> yeah, it was so worth it. But what does training look like for you now? On the backside of that, and obviously you're you're doing another four hour event here pretty quick afterwards. But but that's not the standard of what you're you're probably doing. Not a normal look in the life of Billy Joggins. No, I am actually got. Uh, I've got a coach now, and I'm putting a plan together to attempt a 200 mile run. Really? I'm just gonna throw it out there. 200, 200 mile run. run. Yeah. What a which one is that? When is that? September, Cowboy Two Hundred. Cowboy Two Hundred. That's uh in Nebraska, right? Yes. Well, folks, you heard it here. If you're not busy <laughs> and uh, you want to come do some pacing or crewing in Nebraska over come in on. Uh, September, come on with it. But man, two hundred miles. Right. So what is uh September? You got how much time? Look about uh, seven ish months. So, so we were. we're we got we got plenty of time to put a schedule together, and, and Kelly's already put together a, a plan for me. Um, so we've already started training, well, except for this week, as a little under the weather. So, but uh, yeah, she's already got it laid out. So we're going to be working on uh, uh, several things: is you know, running program, but also strengthening my core and and hips and things like that. That's going to really help me in the running. So that's kind of a change of pace from your last uh, training block with your with Rocky Raccoon, right? Yeah, yeah. With Rocky Raccoon, I, I mean, I, I didn't understand anything about stretching. I didn't understand anything about tightness and how to keep that. And 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 Rocky Raccoon, that that got me in the last eight miles. Uh, the back started going out, and I've learned that it has a lot to do with not just your back, but it has a lot to do with your IT band. It has a lot to do with your SI joint. There's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of things going on there mm-hmm. that you can get out of whack. Hips can get out of rotation, just all kind of things going on. I think I'm experiencing all those kind of things 
so uh, I'm working on correcting a lot of those to get me help me get further and not have problems with my back in the, in future races. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's been something that's been pretty awesome on my side of things is like actually focusing on recovery and, and rehabilitation and, and actually taking care of yourself, which is a wild concept. I don't know if you know that, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, not surviving just on piss and vinegar and, and hatred. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Never used to stretch at all. Just throw on the shoes and take off. You know, that's right. Burn five miles as fast as you can and call it a training run. Mm-hmm. Yep. But hey, you hit them seven or eight minute miles. You got some. <laughs> you you can get fast doing it. You're just gonna injure yourself for too long. That's all I got to say. Yep. But yeah. Oh, that's cool. I mean, two hundred miles in September. That's gonna be a heck of a thing. I'm looking forward to it. I'm excited. Yes. Yeah. I just want to. I just want to do one. I, for no particular reason. I just want to do it. I want to prove to myself I can do it. Yeah, that's a, correct me if I'm wrong, what's the time on that? It's a pretty tight window. It's 84 hours, so it's like a 25.12 minute per mile pace that you have to hold. You can't go any slower. That's with stops, that's with Sleeping, sleep. whatever you do, so you're going to mm. you're gonna have to get ahead in the game, you know, on the front end for mm. sure. Fair enough. Mm. Man, we got a lot of exciting things happening this year. They, you we were know, talking about that the other day. Now, I don't know if we've really – um roll it out summarized there, everything for for this year for us but you know so you're talking about cowboy 200 september we got mr chris barnes leadville in august we got cocodona for you in may i mean yep. those are three huge races yeah i mean, I mean arizona for cocodona we're going out to colorado for leadville we're going out to nebraska for your race uh right we're here in georgia sitting for in this georgia one. today <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it, it, we apparently we love to punish ourselves with fifteen-hour car rides. Yeah. <laughs> we, uh, the van is starting to look real good. <laughs> oh man, yeah. If, if you got an adventure van, you want to donate to us or anything like that, we, uh, man, we'd love to. Adventure be part van of that. sponsorship would be awesome. <laughs> yeah, wink, wink. Um, not begging. Um, but uh, man, yeah, we've we've already hit Brazos Bend um yeah we did out there this year it got pushed back into this year so that was a big accomplishment for for our running network um mm-hmm. man ashley Forshe uh and dan they're both up in oklahoma this weekend oh, as well yeah, that's right Dan's that's doing right. i think 100 miler and ashley's doing the 135 so yeah. good luck to them out there absolutely sure. yeah um and by the time this posts i'm sure they'll already be finished running it but um well we know that they'll both get out there and hammer down like usual so yeah no dang right so it's a, it's a cool network of people to be around for sure it is. We got yeah. we got some other people doing lining up their first fifty Ks. Uh, we got other people looking to do some some big events. We've got Lane Divin sitting over there as a giant question mark. He won't tell us all the races. <laughs> I was running. fixing to say. I was pointing over here like this guy won't commit. He won't. Well, I think I think he I think commitment's not the problem. I think he wants to make sure he's good. And I get that, but. Man, that hasn't been our style from the get go. We've just flying by the seat of our pants, so it's a little bit uh, it's a little bit hard to be patient with old Div there. Man, there's no commitment issues here. You know, it's, okay, it's okay. you know, gotta have conversations with with my coach and just stuff that I've been looking at, but nothing that's been discussed fully yet. So. All right, all right, sure, fair enough. I got right. you. So you don't want to mention anything that hadn't been discussed yet. No. Okay. <laughs> no, I, th- I think one groundbreaking race of 200 miles, I guess, is enough for just today. <laughs> but, uh, no. We'll keep y'all in suspense. Oh, I'll leave it at that. But it's nice to see you out there running. It's it's awesome. 
Yeah, absolutely. I, I, you know, I'm stoked to get out there for this race. Again, it's just a we're, – we're looking at it as a training run for me. You know, it's practice, being on the flip side of it, going in and out of the aid station and just being out there on the trail and – and extending the legs a little bit, you know, so it'll be it'll be nice getting out there. Yeah, and it, honestly, it's going to be nice to see you out there on the trail, actually running. Right? I mean, you've been out there pacing before, and that and that's not a knock on you. You've taken the role as crew chief in a lot of ways while you were working through bodybuilding, uh, yeah, block and everything like that. So, man, we've been talking about you getting out there, and you've been wanting to get out there for a long time. So, it's actually cool to see you step out of that crew chief role, even though you've been a rock and super supportive for everyone for in sure. our group. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but it, yeah, it, it'll be cool. Even if you're going to be wearing some topos, they're going to leave your feet all blistered <laughs> and everything. Hey, I got the goats too, just in case. We'll break out shoe talk real quick here. <laughs> now, man, that's, that's kind of cool. the new things we got going on. We got some, got some fun trips out here to Georgia, long mm-hmm. drive, going to knock out a cool race and, uh, man, exciting stuff. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, and you know, just having old Billy Joggins join us again. You know? I'm excited yep, to so. be here. Glad I can make it, and and all that good stuff. And just I mean, hanging out with you two is just is awesome all the time. So, but to be here on this trip is just 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 awesome. I know, and I, I can't wait to see Tammy's face whenever she sees that new tat. So that's right. <laughs> yeah, tattoo pack. Are you 2024? Are you committing to something? I'm I'm committing you to something. <laughs> Uh, that's about right plot twist yeah Uh, (laughs) you played yourself i see i see oh but yeah no that's uh that's kind of the in and outs of the the local and trip and everything like that but man we've uh we kind of kind of gave a cold start here and uh didn't really get a good chance for for mr billy joggins here to to study we kind of decided to do a podcast last minute but as y'all know we've been moving through the book of matthew uh, and the gospel of jesus christ as well mm. and we were hoping to get to continue that conversation today now for those of y'all that have kept up uh we are no longer in chapter five man took us a few episodes but here we are we finally broke <laughs> free we have we've moved on to chapter six and and i know Dad here has gotten a little bit of time to study on some stuff, but we uh, we hoped he'd provide some insight and tag in. I know he's had some some unique experiences in in his situation too. I don't. Do you want to do you want to give any insight to kind of what your your background is with all this, where you're at with all of it too, and and all that before we dive in? Uh, just I mean, uh, going to Church of Christ since I was a little kid, and uh, you know, so um, everything I learned has been. Uh, just just sitting there on Sunday morning and uh it's all been King James version stuff and it's all some of it's some of it's really easy to pick up on some of it's a little more difficult to pick up on even even today uh you know and I think that's I think that's something a lot of people deal with but uh um to hear what you guys are doing has been really enlightening and been been motivating to me because I've I've started flipping back and looking in the book and listening to my Bible app and and going through and listening to different versions and comparing and it's just got me more interested in it again and and uh, and so I thank you guys for getting into this stuff because uh, mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of people that that probably feel the same way they're just kind of like I, I don't really know where to start in this thing you know how do I how do I get started how do I understand this. Um, even though I've been going to church all my life is like you, you seem like you can always pick up something else or a different perspective, 
you know, when you start look, looking at it and studying. So uh, it's awesome. Well, we appreciate that. Now, we appreciate you being willing to join us, too, and, and dive into this with, with little to no prep, too. And, I mean, it's it's all good. It's going to be a little bit of an adventure. I think we're, like we talk about, we're still super green. We're still learning our whole way through this deal. Um, yeah. We're yeah, just absolutely. enjoying the process of figuring out our own faith as we if we explore this and maybe helping some people do their same thing on the other side of the camera, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, going through chapter six, you know, just like chapter five, you know, there's so many different things that you can pull from it. Um, but I just kind of want to know before we dive into it all, you know, what was what was one of the bigger themes that you pulled from chapter six that really stuck with you this go around, Chance? Man. Uh, <laughs> Chapter chapter six was big for me uh, in in the specific ways of the teachings about anxiety and in faith in general. Mm-hmm. Um, because man, I I am an over analyzer. I will beat everything down. I've got to have the answer now. I need my instant gratification of of knowing exactly what it is, why it is, how it is, and how it's going to be. Right? Yeah. How's it going to be? Sorry, breaking into another <laughs> song for you, but. Um, <laughs> I got to have those things right here, right now. I worry about everything. I plan things to the T. And, man, just going in and rolling through Matthew chapter 6, there's so many great examples of uh, Christ just, I mean, calling it out from you of little faith to going in and talking about how he he clothes the the flowers of the field and, and he provides for the animals and the birds and if he does that for you, for them, why, why would you think he's not going to do it for you? And, you know, as we move through chapter six, there's a verse that I, I really, I wrote in here on my notes, heavy on verse 34 of chapter six. And that's a, the final verse of this chapter. And it mm-hmm. says, so don't mm-hmm. worry about tomorrow for today or for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. And I think that kind of for me, that was something that stuck with me really heavy because it doesn't. It it still leaves a little bit of that room for for you know, we do have to worry about things that are at hand. We've got to take care of our business. We've got to be who we've got to be to solve the problems we've got to solve. To do the things we've got to be uh, involved in every single day, whether it's work, whether it's personal life, whether it's our fitness, finance, spiritual, mental health, whatever it is, right. There's an obligation, there's a duty as a person and who has free will to do those things, but also there's no need to worry about the rest because at the end of the day there's a plan in place, there's a bigger picture, and there's a God that is, at the end of all of this, already has a plan laid out, right? So you can beat yourself to death worrying about it and overanalyzing and thinking and and freaking out, but... Dude, that's me. Yeah, I do that bad, and then you know, uh, but like you say, that's that's what he's talking about right here. Is like, he's like, don't worry. I like that last verse. You know, therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. That is so true, and applies to so many aspects of people's lives on the daily. You know, it, it, see, and and for me, you know, I, so. I, I'm on the opposite of that spectrum, right? And I think it's a conversation we've had in the past where it's like, I don't think I don't um, not worry about anything, but, you know, I just kind of let it all kind of pan out how, how it's supposed to, right? It's all part of a bigger plan and everything else. And so, for me, it's also making sure I still have intentionality with everything I do. 
because if you if you if I'm not worried about it, which I, which I don't worry about it, but if I don't have that intentionality, then it kind of loses the purpose behind the things I do because there is no worry. I guess I don't, I don't know if that makes any sense, but it's something that you know I I'm trying to be cognizant of. Um, is you know you don't have to worry, but I don't know, man. I I for me, it's just I'm on the opposite end of the spectrum. So that's fair. I mean, that and I I wish there's many times I wish I had that kind of mindset towards things and I could I could make that separation but man I I don't know how many times I found myself in in every aspect just kind of really exploring that and living in that worry rather than living in the moment and well, even and, and I kind of feel like though too you know whenever people see my perspective of it it's like well he just doesn't care but it's like well I do care but for me it's like I'm not going to put energy on something that I can't control. Well, it, it could potentially be a balance of the two though, right? Yeah. I mean, and and one verse that caught me really heavy too was verse 27 in there where it says, can all your worries add a single moment to your life? Mm. And that probably has more of the philosophy and strategy that you have mm-hmm. towards this. And, and it's a healthier version because, man, I, I'm not going to say Garmin's the be-all, end-all for protecting Predict, uh, predicting everything in my life and my health stats but I look on there at the stress indicators and things like that and man I don't know how many days I I miss my recovery time because I'm overstressed or I've got this huge orange ring of stress surrounded by this little blue dot of rest mm-hmm. right and it's because I'm so high strung and worried about things all the time and and I've actually got a friend of mine that that as not so politely said that I care way too much about things. He, he used a little bit more colorful language, uh, but told me that I need to reel it in and, and really like back off a little bit and just be a little bit more in these moments and not worry and not let that stress happen. Because no matter what we do, no matter how we live this life, we can't prevent all of the worries and woes of the world from coming to us, Right. I mean, we could step out of here and get hit by a car tomorrow morning on the way to walk into the expedition to get in it and go to the race, mm-hmm. right? We could, I could step over a log and get bit by a rattlesnake tomorrow, yep. not to put those things into the world, <laughs> but, <laughs> but you never know, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. No, absolutely, man. I, I completely understand. So. On the flip side, though, for you, I'm mm-hmm. going to come to you next. For you, what was your big takeaway from six? Man, I, for me, the biggest there there are two um, fairly big takeaways, I guess. But the one that's more prominent in my mind was was the um, you know storing treasures in heaven versus here on earth, right? Oh yeah. And you know, those that know me know that I'm a I'm a pretty big gearhead, and. I'm always looking for, you know, that next big, great thing out there. And if I'm going to buy something, I'm usually a buy once, cry once type of mindset. So, I'm, you know, I'm not spending pennies or anything like that on, on any of this gear. But, you know, I place so much value in, in just stuff, right? But, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, what is it that truly matters in our life? Because I'll tell you, I mean, it's not things. <laughs> Yeah. Um, you know, and just going through and, and going through um, that section is is pretty eye-opening for me. 
And I mean, you know, looking at this verse right now, it goes through and says, you know, for where your treasure, for where your treasure is, there your heart will will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness too? Um, and you know, I don't know, man. It it it's just kind of. Again, just eye-opening to where I typically place value, and it's all in materialistic things that truly don't matter. And so, you know, there's some different areas of my life that I'm also working on, and, and you know, just working on those and, and keeping this in mind helps me kind of take a step back and, like, I really don't need this. Like, it happened today earlier, actually. Um, you know, there's a, there's a clothing company that I like quite a bit. They drop super specific, like, drops. And so there's limited quantities of shorts and stuff like that. It's like, shoot, yeah. I, I happened to, to jump onto a website, you know, unknowingly within that first couple minutes, and there's still stuff there. It's like, I can easily buy this. Like, I don't need it. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. And, um, you know, that's just kind of like a shallow example. But, you know, anything from shorts to, to new guns or whatever it may be, like I tend to place value and just, like I said, just materialistic things. And so it's just – Realizing that's not where I should be placing my value, it, you know, that is pretty eye-opening for me. That's fair. I think it's really easy to place your value in what is tangible and what you can hold in your hand and what you have right in front of you. Yeah. And it's really hard to remain focused on not only from an aspect of faith, obviously, but in in the other things, right? Because what you're whenever you take the instant gratification and you purchase something now mm-hmm. you're maybe not reaching your financial goals on the other side which is something that's way less tangible way less in hand especially if you're working on paying off debt or whatever it is right yeah i yeah, keep throwing absolutely. 50 bucks at this thing that i owe all this <laughs> money on and it never does anything but yeah there's a fifty dollar pair of shorts that I can actually have on my body tomorrow. Dude, dang right. <laughs> yeah. Like so I get that totally. I, I live that Skies same. out, thighs out, baby. That's right, man. That's right. Dave Ramsey would like roll him. <laughs> he would oh, hate man. us. Uh, but like and the other thing too, you know, just just not like the materialistic things that we place value in, but it's also like the sense of accomplishment, right? Mm, yeah. And, you know, with us that's essentially why we started going down this track because that sense of accomplishment just, you know, nothing would ever scratch that itch for us. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that satisfaction was never there. It'd be there momentarily. You finally did the dang thing. Like, all right, what else we got? So. Well, that's an intriguing thought too, because one of the things of this world and one of the worldly possessions that you have is self is the body, right? And we often forget that that's a very different thing than what we're supposed to be having faith in and worshiping. Man, I, I don't know how many how many times I, we've talked about this to where several years of my past life and, and these accomplishments I've been working towards and losing weight, getting in shape, career stuff, all of that, I put so much weight in the fact that, like, I did all that, right? Mm-hmm. I was the one that did it. I I buckled up my shoes or bootstraps, tied them up, and I got to work and did what I had to do to achieve what I wanted. And while there's a certain aspect of free will to that, and there there is the discipline, and there's a humanistic side that 
if we don't do those things, if we're not disciplined, if we don't work hard, we don't achieve them. But there's a bigger picture and bigger plan, and there's a lot of faith involved in that. And and there's a lot of unknowns that we kind of tend to overlook, right? Um, but the value of that lately for me and finding the fulfillment again in those things has been seeing that I'm not the one that's in control mm-hmm. of it. That while it feels like I've been able to achieve all of these things, all of the worldly things that I actually achieved in hand and chose to do for selfish reasons ended up hollow or empty or feeling less than what they were. And now I'm in a process of exploring the spiritual fulfillment inside of it that actually matters, right? I'm doing these for this purpose to serve a higher thing than just self. Well, and that brings up, you know, a, a thought that I just had as we're going, as you're going through and explaining that, man. Um, you know, what, what if it's those things that are preventing us from getting to where we're supposed to be? It's very true. So, I don't know. That's just something that I was thinking about while you're going through all that. So, no, I think that's, I think that's a really good point. Um, I know we've talked about a lot too here. I don't know if you've got a spot in six that really struck you or, or hit you. I know you've gone through it briefly here a little bit. You've been looking at other areas of the Bible. <laughs> I have, but six is a, is a pretty strong uh, chapter in itself. But even, even the part in the beginning about, you know, giving to the needy, you know, um, you know, so when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets to be honored by others. So you need to do it. You just need to do it with your heart. Help the needy. You don't need to look for fanfare and all that kind of thing. It's a, you know, to me, it it helps you connect with what you're doing. It helps you connect with your inner, your inner self. You know, to make that connection to your the needy and, and the act that you're doing. You don't need somebody from the outside patting you on the back, you know. And then the prayer is kind of the same, you know. You don't you don't go standing on the on the whatever and, and shouting at the top of your lungs, you know, it says in you know, instead to to go in a in a room in a quiet place and praying praying to the Lord, you know, uh on your own, you know, so that you are you are in focus, you're in contact. And to me that all of these, these two different areas kind of helps you figure out how to be, how to be connected to your Lord and Savior, you know, on your, on a more intimate basis, I guess. Does that make sense? What makes, I'm trying to say? <laughs> yeah, no, it makes a lot of sense. And and I think that's a reoccurring theme throughout this this chapter specifically that I mean obviously through the rest of the Bible as well but through this chapter it, it talks a lot about that specific thing where it's much more focused on the posture of your heart yeah. and what you truly mean rather than what it is you're saying and yeah. in some ways it takes limitations off and removes pressure because I don't know how many times before I was like I don't I don't know how to do this right. I don't I, I listen to these these guys, these preachers and all these people that have been in front of all these individuals and they're preaching and they're praying and, and they sound so articulate and they sound so refined and they, they know the history and they know all these little details and they can spin things and connect things together and, and just 
how could I possibly do that? But the truth of the matter is, it's not that. In fact, he goes on to say that those specific things and worrying about the words and the chants and, and everything that is humanistic to a point of you are using the articulate speech, you're using the big words, you're using all those things, you're chanting so that the attention stays on the patterning, so the attention stays on the the power and the drive and the, the, the feeling behind it and worldly things, right? right? Rather than what it actually is in a real intimate conversation, like you said. So that, to me, that makes a ton of sense, and that's something I picked up on, too, throughout this chapter. I think it's a great chapter. There was one other thing, too, is, you know, I think there's maybe a, a misconception. Uh, I don't think that's necessarily correct. Maybe a misunderstanding. Um, but, you know, we go through, and also has the Lord's Prayer on there. And I think, you know, a lot of people take that for... Um, verbatim like this is what I should pray every single time and while I think you know it obviously is a great example of what a prayer should look like you know it's essentially modeling what our prayers should be but it's not the prayer and you know it doesn't mean like you can't tie that into your prayer every single time if you want to some in some way but there should be a deeper intention behind just repeating a prayer that was given to us thousands of years ago. I agree. It needs, it needs, it needs to just come from your heart. Yeah. You know, it needs, it needs to be like a, a more intimate, uh, meaning behind it. It, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't need to be a, a prayer that's, that just repeated over and over the same one exactly over and over every time. Nothing wrong with that, but I'm just saying that, that if you can take that and like you say, add that, but you can still say like you say that part of the prayer, but you can also add in your intimate from your heart. Kind of, I think that's I think that's where it's at. You know. Yeah, I think you know it's just kind of a missed opportunity, you know, to kind of form that deeper connection. And again, not saying you can't use it, right? But you know, go up, go out on that limb just a little bit more, and just have a little bit more um, intimacy, like you said, and and and, and uh, you know, just take a dive off into it. So. Yeah, I, I think I think a way to look at it from a more practical standpoint, too, is is we're all individuals that in some form or fashion are leaders. Right. And we've at some point had to go to somebody and give praise to them for some reason, something they did, whether it's one of your technicians that did a really good job or he's he's holding company values really well, or it's somebody that that did a job under us or they're learning the processes really well, or it's a kid that that did something right and you're trying to reinforce that behavior or whatever it is, right? If you go to that individual and you say the same thing, the same compliment to them over and over and over, hey, Maybe somebody cleaned their truck out and it looks really good or somebody washed their truck really well and you wash over to them, hey, thanks for keeping your truck so clean. And then you walk by them the next day, hey, thanks for keeping your truck so clean. Mm-hmm. Hey, thanks for keeping your truck so clean. <laughs> What's that going to do eventually? It's going to come to a point where... It takes almost, the meaning away from it. Yeah, it takes the meaning out of it. It completely ho- makes it hollow. Yeah. Right? So adding something in and being a little bit more intimate and having that extra layer maybe maybe it is that this truck is so clean and it's something that takes you by account but maybe this time it's like man you do such a good job of cleaning your truck like 
Nobody actually takes the time to go in and vacuum out the floorboards the way you do. Or maybe it's, man, there's not even a speck of dirt on your rims. You do such a good job polishing the rims of your truck. If that compliment is what it is, but maybe it's something other aspect of whatever work. Mm-hmm. But it's creating that layer, creating that intimacy, creating that truth, and, and finding something that is actually valuable within it and portraying that and being part of the message rather than just being a repeated over and over chant or mantra yeah, style approach. I yeah. guess that, that's kind of one of the ways I took away from it. No, man, I, I, I couldn't have said that any better. <laughs> yeah. So no, but, uh, man, I, I really enjoyed chapter six because to me it was something that was, that was very optimistic in some ways. It did have some warnings and did have some things that we definitely need to be careful of. Uh, we uh, we dive into to chapter 6, and I think it was, let's see, verse 24 in here where it talks about serving Ooh, of two masters. Two masters. No yep. one can serve two masters, for you will hate one and love the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. And it's actually it's very interesting. I heard so many different statistics, and I don't remember the percentages on how much God focuses on money specifically. And it's very, very interesting to me in that regard. But I don't know how many times I've found myself in a position of serving two masters since we started this, and I didn't think of it in the same way, right? Because I'd feel a little pull, or I'd feel a little tug, or I'd feel that need or that drive to, hey, you need to go do this, right? But the human side of me, the selfish side, kept me from doing whatever that was, kept me from acknowledging that pull, or ah, I'm in a hurry today, I can't go do that. Or, you know, if I take care of this first, then it'll clear me up to be able to take care of that in a way mm-hmm. that's better. And it just extenuates all of that out. So those are also ways of, of self and serving of self got in the way of, of myself being one of the masters I was trying to serve as opposed to Jesus Christ. Yeah, and I was going to bring up that point, too. Like, it, it doesn't necessarily have to be money, either. Like, there's so many other um, things that we can go out there and idolize and, and serve instead of God that just gets in the way in place of. So Them shorts. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Them shorts on you. <laughs> exactly. Um, there was one point that I did want to bring up again, just because you gave out that statistic. Wrapping back around to the prayer thing real quick. Interesting fact, whenever I was researching all this, do you know what the divorce rate is for couples in general? In the U.S.? I think it's like average of like 30 to 40%, somewhere around there. Mm -hmm. However, the divorce rate for couples that actually pray together consistently only one out of roughly 1,150 relationships end up in a divorce. I think that's pretty dang powerful right there, too. That is really powerful. That is powerful. Hmm. Yeah. I appreciate you sharing that statistic. Um, yeah, I, I don't Sorry, know. Sorry, hard shift. <laughs> no, that was no, really that good. That's good. It's just something I haven't really given much thought of now, and I'm trying to like kind of process that. Yeah. Um. But wrapping back around, you know, serving two masters, I mean, dude, I think it's something that we, we battle with on a daily basis, really. Um, you know, it ties back to the topic of death itself, um, pretty apparently. You know, it's either you're going to go serve this or you're going to do what you know you need to for God. 
Yeah. Do you have? No, go ahead. Well, if it's something that if it's something that you're having a problem putting tangibly in your hand, talking about the serving of two masters, uh, one example that I I wrote down because it really struck me was, in and it's a little bit skewed. Don't get me wrong; it's different for everybody. But have you ever had to try to really put together a good work life balance? Of course. <laughs> have you really like ever tried to sit there and stare at? Okay, the fact that I am at work, I've got to handle these specific things, and I don't need to be worried about my personal life, and I don't need to to have this phone call coming in, or I don't need to worry about what I've got to do after five o'clock, or I don't need to worry about what's going on this weekend. I've got all these people coming over. I got to do this cooking. I got to prep. Got to go to H E B. All this stuff like that. Or if you're in Georgia, you go to Publix instead of H E B. But doesn't got, compare. <laughs> no, it does not. H E B is the OG grocery store. It's the good, original baby. grocery. Um, but um, you've got all these things, and, and vice versa. How many times have we been sitting here? Specifically, I can throw some examples out there. On the way up here, I'm on PTO. I'm off. I'm with family and friends and, and amazing individuals, right? And I'm going to spend some time in fellowship here. But I can tell you right now, my phone will be ringing, work will be calling, work will be invading, and that balance and those lines will be blurred. They already have been on this trip, yeah. right? I, I mean, I know that they have been for all three of us, actually. Yeah. They we've have, all, we've yeah. We've all taken a work call so far. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. have more than one, right? And, yeah. And so whenever you experience that, the, the real big tie-in here is how much stress does that cause you whenever the one that you're focused on is interrupted by the other. Mm. It will piss you off real quick if mm-hmm. you're anything like me. And you're not supposed to be angry. I know we learned that in chapter five. Sorry. It's human nature. I'm learning to get better. But it'll stress you out to the max. It'll frustrate you. And it'll create a tension and a stress within yourself that's unhealthy, in my opinion, in my own experience. So that kind of illustrates that serving of two masters. Whenever you got two things pulling you a certain way and you're really needing to focus on one area specifically, but you're pulled by another and it's really straining the posture of your heart, that's something that sucks. I thought that's where you were going with that earlier when you started talking about this, but yeah, this is exactly right. And it applies and it applies to those situations and with work and our trip. It applies with your, your family time at home with, with, work or maybe an activity or maybe you joined a softball team or maybe there's all kind of things you can kind of that's what I kind of love about the Bible is that you can take a lot of the examples and yes they're talking about this specific thing here but then you can apply it to so many other aspects of your life mm-hmm. absolutely and, and you can you know it can tell you how to balance that stuff out so just yeah and I, I that's that's what I've really enjoyed probably the most about this entire process is there's been a really, really deep challenge within me to do things the way that I should be doing them and not the way that I've wanted to do them or that I've done them, whether I wanted to or not, historically. And that's something that we can get into fully another time, but it's created such a position to where it really requires you to lean into faith and really requires you to lean into the fact that it is okay to not have all the answers. It is okay to not know where we're going, but 
it's not okay to let yourself remain there and flounder and cause these issues for yourself even further mm-hmm. over and over. Right. And that's, like I said, verse 29, there's again, it, why do you have so little faith up till a month ago when we started studying this, man, if, if I couldn't, if I couldn't control it and if it wasn't a tangible thing in my hand, it wasn't going to be in my life. Right. And, and I, Man, it's been a blessing to be a part of this study with with you, and and now getting to share this with you as well. And and mm-hmm. I don't know. That's just chapter six has been a huge, huge one for me. Yeah, absolutely, man. And I mean, you know, again, it, it kind of wraps back around to, you know, one just trusting the process, just having faith. But that's that opportunity in and of itself is just really leaning into that relationship and starting to build that relationship with God. You know, through through whatever times you know people are going through, like that's that's your opportunity. You know, it's just obviously it's a lot easier said than done, but um, you know, it's the opportunity that it talks about. So I think I think so, and man, and it's something that we all go through different seasons with too. <laughs> you know, there's gonna be times where it's super easy and you know ain't no thing, and there's others where you know there's some heavy stuff weighing down on you. And, you don't have a choice but to trust him because it's all you can do. So, yeah, I can I can honestly say, and I'm I'm not saying I'm some kind of some kind of monster out here in in this personal development space, but losing sixty plus pounds, running hundred mile race, starting these ultra marathons, and things like that, and and staying disciplined, training for this two hundred fifty mile race, and, and once I do this two hundred fifty mile race, I can honestly say that. The hardest thing that I've ever done in my life is placing that faith into that spot and letting it be what it has to be. Yeah. And it's a... It's a struggle. It's a struggle. It is. So. It's a struggle, but it's having faith. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So... That's how we grow. Yeah. I could not agree with you more. Yeah. I mean, shoot, man. I think you just hit the nail on that one. I mean, it's all these situations of being uncomfortable and being out of your comfort zone. And I mean, that's yeah. exactly where you do grow. Because yeah. if, you're, if you're comfortable, then you're not growing. You're not changing. Nothing's improving or nothing's, yeah, nothing's really happening. So, yeah, that's that's pretty dang awesome. Yeah. It is. You know, I did think of something, too, and I had it in my notes. And, and we talked about the Lord's Prayer, and we talked about what that means and in the model for praying. But one thing that was pointed out, it's not mine. I can't claim it. I don't remember where I pulled it from, whether it was in the, uh, the study section of the Bible or not that I read. Um, but it's also a model for our lives and how we live it rather than just a prayer and rather than just words. And, and mm-hmm. I think that, I think that that's whenever I read that it, it caught me because oftentimes, and especially in the past, before we got on this path, I would, I would pray when I needed something. Right. Mm. Only to that one. Yeah. But, I think but we're all guilty of that. And then on the other side of it, what made it worse for me was 
I would pray when I needed something. And then I would do and find myself in actions that were the antithesis of what I was praying for, result-wise. There's no way that in a world where me and myself by myself, every action has an equal and opposite reaction, right? Mm -hmm. That's laws of the world. My actions did not reflect the outcome that I was looking for and praying for. Yeah. And I don't know how many times that I stepped away from that model and didn't live that life because it was something I wanted and I was worshiping things on the worldly basis and down here on earth and things that I could feel in my hands and have and possess more than I ever thought I would need to place faith in anything else. Yeah. So Sorry, that just popped in my head. That is awesome. Yeah. So, I don't know, man. It's all uh, it's all a journey. It's just enjoying the ride. So, amen. But you got anything else, brother? Man, I think that grabbed Matthew six for me. Yeah. You got anything? I think you wrapped it up for me as well. Absolutely. Oh, oh. you got Mr. some Billy Pitts. You got some Billy jogging together or something. Oh uh, yeah, I got um, Doctor Kendall. <laughs> For y'all that didn't know, he he said it earlier, but Dad almost missed this trip. We were hanging on to the last minute because he was sick, and we were trying to figure out how we were going to make it. He had a fever, cough, yeah, yeah, yeah. drainage, all that stuff, and we were trying to figure out how we were going to let him recover yeah. and still make a 16-hour drive to get up here in time to race this race. But It wasn't looking good. It wasn't looking good until he got the prescription. That's right. Dr. Kendall. This is funny because um, back in Michael's 100-mile race, you know, we're part of the crew. We're sitting around. I'm At that time, I'm getting over some crud also. You've been sick a lot there, Captain. We're going to scoot away from you. Hey, I'm, I'm getting on up there in age, you know. That's right. And uh, so Kendall's like, well, you just – all you got to do is eat a marshmallow and you'll quit coughing. I was like, what? And so I tried it, and it, it kind of worked. And so Kendall – being the, uh, let's call her a, a wise person that she is, mm. she sends these with Lane. <laughs> Two marshmallows. Take one marshmallow twice a day. Doc Kendall. <laughs> I hope you feel better. Man. So thank you, Kendall. I really appreciate it. And I'm going to get you too. <laughs> That's awesome. Man, it, always coming in clutch, man. She always is. And, and you got a good in there, Lane. Oh, I'm, I'm blessed beyond beyond anything I ever deserved. <laughs> I got to say, our group of people in our network that we have around this deal, and just in life, not just with Next in Line, but but even more than that, this this group of people we've been able to gather in around this whole thing has been really cool. I, the joking, the supporting each other, and just being there and. And the good and the bad and all the craziness. So, can't can't say how thankful I am for y'all and everybody else in this deal. Oh yeah, man. I mean, I you know it's it's one of those funny things. Like you know, you can't choose like you can't choose a family you're born into. And obviously, we all love our family. But you know, the the friends that that become your family too. I mean, just an extension of of that has just been 
it's been phenomenal, man. So I'm truly blessed. Yeah, same, same here. Yeah, it's been it's been just a wonderful experience to be able to hang around with you guys and and the group that we have. You know, uh, and it's it's not all localized people either. It's it's spread out all over the place. Mm-hmm. It is. It's pretty cool stuff. It really is. It's 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 cool to be around like minded people. Yeah, you know, it really is. So, yeah, awesome. Cool. Well, folks. Get on out there, lead the way, and always be prepared for whatever it is. Next in line. Take it easy, y'all. Y'all take it easy.